Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Ugh, Jeff, I I don't know if I can do this, Jeff. Ryan, you can. You can do it. I know you can do it. Yes, you can. I can't. I can't do this. I'm telling you, this hangover that I have, it's killing me. And you know what's funny is I haven't even had a drink. I'm pretty sure it's Alan Alda hangover. I know. It, it's Look, a lot of people suffer from it. it. It's it's rampant. I don't know how you did this for nine years. I don't know how you did it. Look, it's rough. I mean, it was hard. I, you, well, you talk to me. You can see what it did to me, for gosh <laughs> sakes. It's, it's pretty obvious. I'll tell you what. I'm going to take some Advil, and I'm going to power through this because we have a lot of questions. Questions to get to in this episode of MASH Matters. Hello, I'm Ryan Patrick, alongside my friend Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Ryan. This is exciting to be here after your hangover and everything. This is going to be quite an episode. Yeah, you know, and we are having Alan Alda hangover, and it's the best kind of hangover you can have, really. We still are getting people emailing us and tweeting us and sending us Facebook messages and voicemails and, and emails saying, oh my goodness, that was awesome. And a lot of people are saying uh, it was great to hear Alan and Jeff together again. They really enjoyed hearing you two reminisce about the old days. <laughs> yeah, I did too. It was great doing that. I hadn't talked to him quite some time, so it was a wonderful thing for me to do uh, to reminisce. So thanks for uh, saying all those things because boy, I sure had a good time doing it. And if you will indulge us, we are going to read a few of the comments that have come in over the last few days, the last few weeks. Jeff, why don't you go ahead and start with that first one there? I'm going to start with Jerry. And Jerry says, congratulations on your second year anniversary. And by the way, it was our second anniversary too. That was exciting. So Alan Alda and our second year anniversary. Wow. What an episode. Anyway, thank you so much for this interview. I found myself laughing, tearing up, and even replaying certain sections. I cannot wait to hear what more you have in store for us. Well, thank you, Jerry. And boy, we got a lot of stuff in store. Yes, we do. Sue said, congratulations on two years. I have loved every minute of it. And this episode with Alan Aldo was such an extra special way to celebrate. Thank you so much. It went by too fast. You leave us wanting more. So good luck with year three. We're all here cheering you on. Thank you, Sue. Mash Gal on Twitter says, absolutely wonderful podcast. Loved hearing some stories. Sorry about the yellow jackets, Jeff. (laughs) Only wish Alan had talked more about the cast interactions with each other. The love he still has for them all these years later is evident in his voice. Yes, it is. Terry says, what a brilliant episode. Very touching, very entertaining. Jeff, I so appreciate your humor. Thank you for sharing the gift of it with us. So happy for Ryan. It was a very high geek moment to be able to interview (laughs) Alan Alda. Yes, it was. Keep up the great work. Mash Matters rules. Thank you, Terry. So is Terry accusing you of being a high geek? If the shoe fits. (laughs) Okay. And Joya says, worth its weight in gold. Hearing cast voices is like going home to Thanksgiving. Oh, that's really cool. You two are giving us much more than we can ever repay. Well, we can talk about that. I don't know. There may be- we can work an installment plan, something. Yeah, 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 sure. Mitch said, what a treat. Alan Alda, I was smiling throughout the entire episode. Thank you for sharing it with us. Enjoyed it when you talked about MASH providing family bonding time. It did with myself and my late father. Every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m., we would watch MASH together. And then I would fall asleep on the floor next to the couch where my dad was stretched out. He would then watch the rest of the first half of Monday Night Football. Then he would put me to bed. Great times. Thank you for your podcast. And I'm going to start this off with uh, thank you for your service. Brandon writes, I'm an Iraq war combat vet who has been going through a rough time with PTSD through this pandemic. Sorry to hear that. 
You and Jeff have really helped me a lot. So I just want to say thank you to both of you. Well, thank you from both of us. Yes. Thank you, Brandon. And thank you to Jason. Jason said, such a great job, gents. It is so important to get these interviews and memories on record for posterity. What a treasure. And I think this is one of the most important comments. Steve writes, well, we still don't know if he had the liver or fish. This question (laughs) needs to be answered. By golly, I agree with you, Steve. I don't know either. And I I was there and I don't know. So we're going to have to look into that. Yeah, Thank you for everybody who wrote in with comments and questions. I want to go back and address something that Mash Gal said. She said, only wish that Alan had talked more about cast interactions. We had some other messages come in saying, oh, I wish you would have asked him this, or I wish he could have weighed in more on this, or you could have talked about this. You know, we do too. We had a, a very limited amount of time that we were able to spend with him. Again, we recorded this right before the pandemic hit. And at that time, he was, and I think he still is, very busy. Yeah. He has so many irons in his fire. And so we were very blessed to have a certain amount of time to spend with him. And if we had asked him all the questions that we wanted to ask and all the questions that you would want us to ask, it would have been an 18-hour episode. <laughs> uh, so I wish we could have talked more about about particular episodes or talk more about his castmates. And who knows, knock on wood, maybe we'll get to talk to him again sometime down the road. And if that happens, we will certainly will talk to him more about his relationship with the cast members. But we were just thrilled to talk to him and we were thrilled with the quality of the conversation that we were able to have with him. Yeah, it was great. It was great to have a, a great kind of conversation just as people talking about each other and talking about our lives. And and we did get into MASH as well. So oh, yeah. Yeah. That, was a, that was a lot of fun. It was really fun to, to talk with them. And we'll do it again, by golly, I betcha. <laughs> I hope so. So that puts a wrap on year number two of MASH Matters. And now we're going to kick off year three of the podcast with another round of listener questions, comments, and voicemails. Before we get to our first question, I want to give you an update. We had a message a few episodes back from John. John was the gentleman who collects MASH on 16 millimeter film. Yeah, I believe he had a voicemail and he said, in his voicemail. I'm curious if anybody else does. Well, it turns out there is somebody else. Eric also collects MASH on 16 millimeter. He was able to actually get in touch with John and John was able to purchase some of his 16 millimeter collection. Eric also collects other things. He says that he collects uh, primarily original scripts. He has scripts from cast members. He says from directors and wardrobe and prop managers and network executives. And he says he even has scripts from the censors too. (laughs) He he says that uh, each one tells a story about how much work went into producing a single episode of MASH. And he's been collecting those for about 13 years now. So at some point in in a future episode, I want to talk more about collecting and talk about some of the MASH memorabilia that's out there and hear from listeners of what they collect and and what they have in their collection. Because I have a little bit of a collection too, but we'll we'll talk about that. Maybe episode... uh, um, 83 or something like that. <laughs> you know, this matchup with these guys with the uh, collections went well. Maybe we should do a dating thing. Is that maybe a mash, mash dating, dating mash people, something like that? It's it's in there somewhere. I'm going to work on. Okay, it. yeah, we'll get we'll work on that. Mash, mash, match, mash, match, Ma- mash, match, mash mating. Yeah, mash, mash, mash mating. mating. I like mash mating. This is big, mash, Ryan. This is big. Mash Come making, on. mash making. There you go. Mash making, mash making, send me a thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. And that was it for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. 
Good night. That wraps up year three. <laughs> <The meal. laughs> We're here all week. This is from Mitch. Mitch says, thoroughly enjoyed your latest episode with Brian Goldman. The dialogue was straightforward and honest. Roy was a very intricate part of MASH. His silence was heard loud and clear throughout the series. One question. How did Klinger put the sedative in Roy's beer can in the episode, The Trial of Henry Blake, when he pops open the lid right in front of him? Wow, what a good question. I hope Ryan knows. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did go back and review that scene in that episode. Okay. I had never really paid that close attention to it. So thank you, Mitch, for bringing it to my attention. This is the scene where Hawkeye and Trapper are on house arrest. And so they give Klinger a prescription to slip into a beer to give to Roy so they can get out of the tent. Oh, right. Because Roy was standing guard, right? Right. That was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember that. Yeah. And so in the scene, you see Klinger reach into his purse and start to pull out a beer. Then it cuts back to Hawkeye and Trapper in the tent. And then it cuts back as Klinger is handing Roy the can. Mm -hmm. You do slightly hear Klinger popping the tab on the can. So the only two scenarios that I can come up with are he went ahead and popped the tab just enough to slip in the medicine, or perhaps he took a syringe (laughs) and poked a syringe into the can, or it could just be that it's TV and we have to suspend disbelief yes. and check our brains at the door exactly. and just accept it for what it is. So Mitch, calm down. All right. <laughs> just calm down about this. Uh, we have a voicemail and this is not a voicemail that came in through our phone number Oh, because this is a voicemail from one of our listeners in Australia. He sent us a message saying, hey, I'd love to call and leave a voicemail, but it's a little hard for me to do that from Australia. Can I just record a voice memo and send it to you? Hmm. So this is a voice memo that we received from Scott in Australia. G'day, Ryan and Jeff. I'm Scott Stevenson, and I'm from Canberra, Australia. Uh, You'll be pleased to know MASH is alive and well here in Australia. It's showed multiple times daily on both free-to-air and pay TV. I guess you guys would call that cable TV. There are plenty of opportunities to see the show every day. I missed MASH on its first run here. The start of the show predates me by about six months, and I can't really remember my family watching it when I was young. That being said, since then I've more than made up for it and consider it to be among my few favourite TV shows. Favourite episodes for me are two from season two, The Mighty Five O'Clock Charlie and A Smattering of Intelligence. I found the MASH Matters podcast a few months ago and um, I've really enjoyed going back to the very start and listening to all the old episodes. The talk about episode 28 kept me laughing for quite a while and the story was definitely worth the wait, Jeff. I do have a question for Jeff and my apologies if this has already been discussed. I was wondering how much you knew about the character of Igor when you first joined the cast. In particular, how much was the character written out for you? Did you know everything about him, Uh, like his backstory, his habits, the way he was to be played, things like that? Or did you have to do a lot of that yourself? I'm really, really loving the podcast. Thank you so much. I look forward to all of the new episodes. It's great to listen to them. Keep up the fantastic work. Thank you very much. Ah, thank you. I wish I could do an Australian accent better than I'm doing it now, but I really like it. (laughs) Love hearing it. Love hearing it. Uh, Anyway, hey, uh, how much did Jeff know about the character of Igor going in? I spent 
probably a year and a half researching him. I went into his backstory. I went into his psychological history, uh, parental uh, implications and influences, you know, the general things well, you obviously, do. Obviously, yeah. I mean, and you spent, uh, what, six, seven months with the real Igor too, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we went away together. We spent time out in the woods, you know. <laughs> We were nude running around and jumping up and down and beating our chests and lighting flames. We did that. I mean, what else? I got to do that. You're an actor you have to delve into and, you know, dig right into here. Right. No, uh, the research was about maybe 11 minutes. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I don't want to blow my own horn, but um, the reality is I created the character. Mm-hmm. I was there and uh, I was kind of a wacky kooky guy. And so they said, hey, here's a wacky kooky guy. Let's see if we put him in this situation, how he does. And so there I was. And I had to get behind the steam table and come up with who I was and create a character there. Nobody told me. Nobody said, hey, play him like this, play him like that. Nobody said a word to me at all. In fact, in nine years, nobody ever said a word to me (laughs) other than the cast, you know, and the script. But after that, nobody talked to me. But I kind of just stepped into it, said, here's my approach. Here's who I'm going to be. And did that for nine years. So that's kind of way it was. And it was darn fun doing it. Yeah. Because when you joined the show, you did not necessarily join the show as Igor. You just joined the show. And then over time, Igor suddenly became Igor. Yeah. And over time, you kept building on the character and he evolved and became a bigger, more integral part of the show. Yep. And it really, it all goes back to one time you gave a really funny expression yeah. in one particular scene and it caught the attention of some people who said, hey, this guy's funny. It's true. They, you know, this guy and his, his sort of uh, quirkiness kind of fits the camp, yeah. you know, and we can mine some jokes from this character. Uh, when we need them. Right. <laughs> that's that's the way it happened and that's the way it worked. But I c- kind of created the impression of the actual personality of Igor because I thought it was kind of fun and it was a goofy character to do. And so uh, it was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> Toot that horn. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's not a horn. Yeah. Hey, and uh, thank you again, Scott, for sending us the voice memo. Yeah. And anybody can do that, whether you live outside of the U.S. or if you just want to do that instead of calling and leaving a voicemail, uh, you can do that. Record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us, mashmatterspodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we will use that as your voicemail. Before we move on, I just want to make one thing clear. Yes, I created the personality of Igor, but certainly not the words. The writers, if there are any writers of our wonderful show, MASH, listening to this, obviously I didn't create the words. You geniuses did that. So all I did was provide the personality as I saw it uh, within the structure of the idea. So thank you very much, writers. From Scott Lawrence, he says, Hi, Ryan and Jeff. I have listened to every show and has become a truly exciting day when the new pod drops and I'm able to get to listen. want to thank you for deciding to do this and congrats on your anniversary and hope for many, many more. I always enjoyed the shows that were shot at different locations other than the camp area like Rosie's Bar or the bus or in a cave. It gave a fresh perspective to the show and seemed to have a good plot. Is there any episode that stands out for Jeff from shooting the episodes, or is there a favorite that you enjoyed watching, Ryan? Keep up the great work. Scott from Omaha, Nebraska. Thank you, Scott. So, uh, Jeff, the question is, is there any episode that took place apart from the camp? 
So, you know, there were episodes on the bus. There was the cave episode. There was the episode at Rosie's. And that is probably my favorite of those particular episodes. The episode A Night at Rosie's, where one by one, everybody from the camp ends up at Rosie's. Everything, that entire episode takes place at Rosie's. And what I loved about it, you know, I love doing stage acting and working in the theater. And that particular episode seemed like a play because it took place in one very small confined area, Rosie's Bar. And uh, that's also the the episode where we met Scully, which goes on to be a love interest of Margaret's for the first time. Just a just a fun episode. So that's my pick. Now, Jeff, are there any memories about shooting either in a set or away from the camp that you can recall? What show are we talking about? Uh, Benson. Oh, yeah. Benson. Benson. Wonderful. Yeah. I think when they went into the kitchen, that was a lot of fun with <laughs> Uh, you know, I, yeah. You know, what I enjoyed was the show that we talked uh, with Alan about when he directed that, which was that big scene out there with the, uh, the... The tug of war. The tug of war, yeah. Bulletin board. That's the episode, bulletin board. Bulletin board. Yeah. I mean, physically, that was just a lot of fun to do rather than be stuck on the stage and in a set. You were outside and all the stuff was happening. It was quite exciting. And, you know, it was a it was a really fun day to, to do. It was kind of a, a certainly a different thing than standing, you know, behind the steam table and doing all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of fun. That would be my uh, favorite. All right. Thank you, Scott. From, uh, let's see, Greg on Twitter. Greg says, I wanted to ask if MASH might be the most syndicated TV show in history, sort of like I Love Lucy, and that chances are good, yet you'll run across the show somewhere on your remote. I was very intrigued by this question. And Greg, I know you sent this question in a long time ago and we haven't gotten to it because one of the reasons is I didn't know the answer. And um, so here's the answer, Greg. You want to know if MASH might be the most syndicated TV show in history. The short answer is uh, no. The next shortest answer would be, I don't really know. (laughs) It's hard to tell. You know, um, there's a difference between first-run syndication and off-market syndication. So first-run syndication are shows that are produced but then are syndicated. So it's not on a network. All these TV stations around the country can air new episodes of a syndicated show. And then there's off-market syndication, which are reruns. Now, with first-run syndication, you've got like game shows like Jeopardy, which has been around since 84, and Wheel of Fortune has been around since 83. And shows like that are first run and they are still airing new episodes and they're still being produced. Uh, You have shows like Hee Haw that was very popular and those were all first run syndicated shows. I can't really find numbers for off-market syndicated shows, including MASH. But I did find a rather in-depth article about MASH syndication on the website MASH4077TV.com. I will put a link to this article in the show notes for this episode. So go to MASHMattersPodcast.com and look for episode 47. It talked about the history of the MASH syndication. You know, MASH was first sold into off-market syndication in the late 70s. It went into cable syndication in 98. Interesting thing that I gleaned from this article during the 78 and 79 season. So the show is still a part of the regular primetime lineup on CBS, but then CBS also adds MASH to its daytime rotation. So it's airing reruns Monday through Friday on CBS stations at 3.30 in the afternoon. And then it also adds MASH to part of its late night programming at 11.30 at night. So this means for one season, MASH was shown in three different time slots on CBS. (laughs) 
as I was also doing research on syndication, uh, another interesting fact, it's common for long running shows, their early seasons start running in syndication while the show is still airing new episodes. Well, back up until the 80s, it was also common that if a series was going to be syndicated while it was still on the air, they would syndicate it under a slightly different title. So I guess that way they don't confuse anybody. <laughs> so they would they would syndicate it under slightly different titles. So here are some examples. Bonanza. It was syndicated as Ponderosa. Gunsmoke was syndicated as Marshall Dillon. Happy Days was syndicated as Happy Days Again. This is the most odd of all of them. Ironside, when it was syndicated, became The Raymond Burr Show. <laughs> That's such a terrible title. And then MASH. MASH was syndicated as MASH 4077th. And thankfully, not the Alan Alda show. (laughs) But Greg, all that to say, I have no idea. But while I was trying to research the answer to your question, I came across all this other information that I thought was very interesting. So I just wasted all of that time, Greg, to tell you that I really don't know. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I think you forgot to talk about that guy. John was showing the mash on 16 millimeter films, I think, in his backyard for various people. <laughs> right. There's that, too. So He, he, he totally uh, blew the curve on the syndication numbers. Did. That's why I can't get an accurate count. <laughs> but, you know, isn't it, I, doesn't it stand a reason that uh, like a show like, you know, I Love Lucy that was on for 100 million years? Mm-hmm. That, that's an older show than mash. So I wonder if mash could even catch up to that because that's been on since it was, you know, originally done. And it still is. My God. You've got shows like the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. But I imagine that MASH has to be up there. Yeah. I don't know that it's number one, but you would think that it has to be in the top 10, maybe even the top five. Yeah. Yeah. As Greg mentioned, you can usually run across the show somewhere when you're watching TV. Yeah. And we all appreciate that because residuals are really kind of connected to that syndication. And so Mm -hmm. we we bow down to the syndication gods. (laughs) We certainly do. So keep watching those six. 16 millimeter films in your backyard. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So here's a question uh, for you, Jeff. Okay. Two different people, Rob and Josh, both asked the same question. All right. They want to know, did McLean Stevenson, Larry Linville, Gary Berghoff, or Wayne Rogers ever stop by the set after they left the show? Or did they ever come and attend any of the cast parties after they were no longer on the series? Uh, Only one. I remember McLean Stevenson left the set when that famous, you know, scene hit that, you know, the colonel was killed. Abyssinia Henry. Yes. Yeah. He left and I don't believe he ever set foot back on stage nine. I don't remember anybody else other than I think I remember Larry Linville once sort of showed up and it was really fun to see him. But I don't recall anybody else. I don't recall Gary or Wayne or every anybody doing that. Certainly, I wasn't there every single solitary day, so it's possible one of them did or two of them did or all of them did. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the only one I remember is Larry. And I do know that it, I think McLean left and that was it. He didn't <laughs> He didn't come back. <laughs> I was it very. It was very emotional for him. So and I'm sure it's. It was probably emotional for all of them too. And I don't know. Maybe it would have just felt strange to come back to the show if you're no longer on it. Yeah. In terms of a cast party, there may have been, uh, you know, certain things that happened that I didn't attend and have no knowledge of. So it's possible somewhere along the line. But personally, I only remember Larry. 
And of course, you know, there were instances where these cast members did get back together, but not on the MASH set. Yeah. I was reminded recently, uh, one of our listeners, Gabrielle Fortier, she sent us a link to a YouTube video that is a mashup of all of the IBM commercials that the MASH cast made back in the late 80s. And I and I, I remember when those were on the air, <laughs> but it was nice to watch them again because it's like, oh, well, here we have Wayne and Gary and uh, Larry Linville showing up. And of course, Loretta was in it and Harry and and uh, even Alan and Kelly even popped up in one mm-hmm. of those as well. So there were instances where they reunited, but not necessarily on the MASH set. Yeah. And I the last time I saw Wayne Rogers was at an award ceremony. It was very nice to see him. I hadn't seen him in a long time. So that was the kind of the and, uh, you know, those kinds of things, I think after they left, they, those would pop up, uh, you know, award ceremonies or little functions. Probably somebody would show up and do that. But. That's all I got. All right. <laughs> well, we got another voicemail. All right. Hey, guys. This is Tim from Lebanon, North Carolina. I just uh, had a question for Ryan. Who is the guy that you have talking on the loudspeaker in your opening introduction? It says, MASH matters, blah, blah, blah. I'm just curious. Thanks. Robert De Niro. Shh. He's supposed to be uncredited, remember? Oh. We promised Bob we wouldn't tell people. Yeah, we don't want to yeah, we don't want to pay Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so you're referring, Tim, to our opening credits of the podcast. You hear the voice on the loudspeaker. You know, we tried to negotiate terms with Sal Viscuso and, and Todd Sussman, and those negotiations fell through, unfortunately. So we had to go with some hack. It took, I, I think we ended up having to do like an hour and a half of takes before we could finally get something decent. Sad. He was a diva too. He was yeah. really not pleasant to work with. Difficult. I, I really don't want to say his name. Well, he's a local guy. We'd get into trouble and we may, you know, family would be affected and everything. Yeah. And I just, I, you know, I don't want to get into that, Tim. I hope you understand. It's messy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He was a real pain in the butt to work with. So. <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm not going to say anything else about that. Okay, Tim, it's me. Okay. <laughs> it's me doing the voice. All right. Yes. Ryan Patrick. It's Ryan Patrick. And you did a superb job. A superb. <laughs> Who needs Salvas Guso or that other guy, Tim Sussman? Ta- what's his name? Todd Sussman. <laughs> yeah. Tim is his brother. They're very close. The negotiations with Tim Sussman also fell, fell through. through. So we yeah. couldn't, get, couldn't get Sal or Todd. And Tim was just <laughs> awful to deal with. <laughs> but you came through and you did a superb job, by golly. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay, well, we have a, a little email here. It's a little, it's a little long, but I'm going to read it anyway because we think it's important, and we talked about whether we should do this because it is a little bit long, but that's okay. So here goes. Uh, this is from Jess. Uh, Jess says, "Hi, Jeff. My name is Jess. I am 17 years old, and you probably have heard it a lot, but I believe Mash saved my life. I started watching with my mom at 13, and it changed my life immediately." I struggled being rejected from friend groups all the time, and I felt there was no escape until I found the show. I would record the shows and sit feet away from the TV and watch for hours. It was a place I could go to feel calm and comfortable. It is my sanctuary. Also, it dug me out of a huge depression and kept me out of it. I had a very rough patch, and there were times that I stayed home just to watch MASH because that's what kept a smile on my face. 
Anytime I feel that the world is on my shoulders, I just throw in a mash and I am at peace. We had to write a poem in my English class about a sanctuary, and I wrote a poem about the show. My teacher has never met someone in this day and age that felt so connected with MASH. Of course, I love the main characters, but Igor and Nurse Kelly are my absolute favorite. Anytime either of you showed up on the screen, I would say, look how cute Kelly is, or we really love Igor, or Igor is just doing his best. You guys really changed my life. Recently, I'd bought many shirts and sweatshirts, and I've designated Tuesday as MASH Day, and a large amount of people in my school, which consists of 3,000, knows that Tuesday is MASH Day. I bought vintage posters and spent all my 17th birthday money on the DVD set. I'm called an old soul, and I love it. I found your podcast. I streamed every episode at least twice. It sounds stupid, but when I found out I could contact you and finally built up the courage, I almost passed out. I would leave a voicemail, but I hate my voice. Ha ha. But but I became very excited that I could talk to you. There have been multiple, multiple occasions where I've sat in my room watching the show and just crying because I thought I would never get the chance to tell any of them how much they have changed my life. I'm so, so glad I get to tell you. Although you weren't a big main character, you are a main character in my heart and happiness. I haven't been happier in years, and I owe it all to MASH. I hope one day to get the chance to tell the others, but knowing that I told you gives me satisfaction that at least one character knows that just by doing their job, they saved a child's life. Thank you for everything you've done on MASH, and what you continue to do with MASH matters. You don't even know me, but you mean a lot to me, and I thank you. Sorry, Ryan, but hi. I hope things are well with you, too. (laughs) Much love and happiness, Jess. Well, my, 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 that was an amazing letter. You know, when things like this happen, it's very uh, hard because I never kind of know quite what to say Mm -hmm. because it's always such an emotional moment. Uh, Helping somebody out of depression is a stunningly uh, grateful thing. that I care about. And if I made you laugh and made you feel better by looking funny and making funny faces and saying crazy things, boy, does that make me happy. So maybe I made your day, but you made my day. And this email made my day. So I thank you, Jess, very much. I hope you keep watching, keep listening, and uh, stay out of that depression. It doesn't do anybody any good. Thank you, Jess. And and hi. Hi, Jess. Oh, yeah. There's that Ryan guy, too. I know you don't want to hear from me, Jess, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you know, a lot of what you said resonated with me, too. You said you, you're called an old soul. And I always felt like when I was a teenager, when I was in high school, I was an old soul, too. And uh, a mash was something that helped me through uh, high school and college years. And so I, I totally get where you're coming from. And so cool to hear from you and hear uh, how mash has really impacted your young life. I mean, 17. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, it's... It's great to hear from young MASH fans as well. And and Jess isn't the only one. There is a contingent of younger MASH fans, especially on Twitter, that are really vocal and very active and discovering the show for the first time. Uh, in fact, Miles on Twitter recently tweeted, Gen Z MASH Twitter loves you and the podcast. And then M replied and said, do a Gen Zillennial episode and talk about the MASH memes. I didn't even know there were MASH memes. That's how old I am. <laughs> but, you know, 
it's it's cool to hear from these younger people who are saying we're just now discovering it and it's just as impactful for us as it was to people who were watching it during the first run so if you're young and you love mash we want to hear from you yeah who knows maybe down the road we'll do an episode where we have some younger people on the show to talk about their experience with mash seeing it with fresh eyes in 2020 yeah it's it's interesting also to hear that you know somebody at 13 years old was very depressed obviously there's things going on with your (laughs) with your body uh and your friends and things like that that are always kind of confusing and it creates all the the difficulties a lot of us go through as we're growing up. Uh, but depression is a difficult thing, and depression is a serious, real issue that everybody must address. And I did it. I was I went through it myself as a young kid. I was quite overweight as a young boy, and that created its own environment for very a lot of difficulty. And so I bumped into depression. And uh, various things that happened to me that allowed me to come out of it, to find my own voice and to be okay with who I was, humor really helped me do that. And so when somebody can find something like MASH, something you can sit and watch, and it's almost like taking a pill, (laughs) an antidepressant. Yeah. uh, And there are no side effects. It's great. (laughs) So that's a wonderful thing. And so... It's, uh, but hey, Jess, you're doing good. Uh, It's good to stay out of depression. Keep watching MASH if that helps you. And if it doesn't, uh, call me. I'm $500 an hour and we'll uh, we'll go through. (laughs) Insurance, though, covers a lot of that. Oh, yeah, I'll take care of it. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we've received quite a few other messages in in the recent weeks and months, much like the message that you heard from Jess. Whether or not we're going to get to all of them and read them all in there, we may never read all of them on the podcast, but we do see them and we appreciate the messages that you're sending in and and, uh, how much MASH means to you. It means the world to us as well, and that's one of the reasons that we wanted to do this podcast, and it's one of the reasons we want to continue doing this podcast. By the way, I had a bunch of MASH memes on my lip, uh, but this ointment took them away, got them right off of there. It was took a while, a couple of weeks. All right, let's move on. Anna Marie says, hello, I am a huge MASH fan and just discovered your podcast. I can't find anywhere to watch the show here in Canada. AMC used to show it on Sunday, but that stopped. And Hulu is American. Any suggestions? Yes, I have a suggestion. Move. (laughs) That's the easiest thing you can do. Maybe not the least expensive. I would get out of there as quickly as you can. Of course, now you can't get anywhere. So you're going to have to wait until there's a border open somewhere. But I would suggest moving. That, that would be what I say. The views of Jeff Maxwell do not necessarily reflect the views of Mash Matters Podcast Incorporated. <laughs> Anna Marie, your message actually kind of surprised me because I was not aware that you did not have access to Hulu in Canada. If it's not available on TV and you don't have access to Hulu, the only two other options I can think of are one, it is available, at least here in the States, it is available to purchase on iTunes or the DVDs. The entire series is available on DVD. And as I've said before, one of the great things about the DVD is you can turn off the laugh track. I don't know if those options work for you in Canada, but those are the only two that I can think of right now. I will open it up to our other Canadian listeners. Help Anna Marie out. If you're in Canada and you have access to MASH, how are you watching it? Let us know and we'll pass along your advice to Anna Marie. Or move. Just move. Just get out of there. (laughs) Been there long enough anyway. It's a big deal. So moving 
Moving on, Annette, Annette Neubauer. I hope I pronounced that right, Annette. Hi, Jeff and Ryan. I am such a fan of the podcast and thank you for creating it. I watch MASH just about every day and have been since I was in my late teens. It tends to be the one show I watch when I am in need of some comfort and a smile. I was watching the first couple of episodes of season 10, that's showbiz, parts one and two, and realized how much I loved Winchester in these episodes. From laughing at Fast Freddy's jokes, even though he doesn't know why, to the education he got from Ellie, there was so much more to Charles than his pomp, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's showbiz, and season nine's Mr. and Mrs. Who are my favorite Winchester episodes simply because of the different sides of Charles we get to see. What are your favorite Winchester moments and or episodes? Looking forward to many more episodes of the podcast podcast. Thank you, Annette. Well, if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you have heard me say that Charles Emerson Winchester III of the main cast, he is my favorite character. I love Winchester. I am a big Winchester fan. And so to pick my favorite moments or episodes was not easy, Um, but I did just off the top of my head. I came up with three of my favorite Winchester moments. So the first one is in the excellent episode Death Takes a Holiday when Klinger and Charles are meeting in the tent after the holiday party. And what, pray tell, is the catch of the day? Oh, just one catch, Major. Uh Uh-huh. The source of this Christmas dinner must remain anonymous. It's an old family tradition. Thank you, Max. Merry Christmas, Charles. The second one that I came up with was from the episode Run for Your Money. And this is the episode where Charles helps and stands up for Private Palmer, who is a patient who has a severe stutter. He becomes very involved with this patient and helping and supporting this patient and giving this patient confidence. And we don't know why until the very end of the episode. And that's when Charles goes back to his tent and listens to a tape recording that was sent to him from his sister, Honoria. My dear brother Charles, it was wonderful to receive your latest Tape. I have so m- 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 much to tell you. Last night was the beginning of the s- symphony s- s- season. The guest artist was P- 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 Pia Tagorsky. My third is not only one of my favorite Winchester lines of all time, but really one of my favorite lines from the entire series of MASH. And it comes from the episode Twas the Day After Christmas, when the enlisted personnel switch places with the officers for a day. And Winchester ends up in the kitchen. (laughs) There is a moment when Winchester has had enough. He comes to complain to Colonel Potter. And Colonel Potter says, Well, well, what do you got in mind, Winchester? Are we going to live high on the hog? Only if the hog is in a can. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I love that line. So those are my favorite Winchester moments uh, as of right now. That could change in in the next five minutes. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Thank you. All right. We have another voicemail. One more to end this episode. And this is from Jake. Hi, Ryan and Jeff. Uh, This is Jake Mabe from Knoxville, Tennessee. Wanted to call and, and thank you for your podcast. It means a lot to me. Longtime MASH fan. I think you have a perfect name for it, MASH Matters. Uh, that's one reason why I'm such a fan, because the show mattered and still matters. It stood for something, and it had important things to say 
about the human condition. I, I started watching MASH with my dad, and we were, you know, one of the millions who were there on February 28, 83, to watch uh, the finale. And then in my teenage years, of course, as I got older, I was watching the reruns and appreciated it on a different level. And I remember very clearly being impacted by the episode Depressing News. I was amazed. I was like, my God, this show really has something important it's trying to say. And, and, and because of it, and watching the show, because of people like Alan Alda, Larry Gelbart, Ken Levine, and David Isaacs, and Thad Mumford, and Dan Wilcox, I had an interest in writing, and I decided after that, by golly, I'm going to find a way to write and get paid for it. And ironically, I ended up back in the community in which I was raised and uh, became a writer and later editor for a group of community newspapers. And uh Try to do the best I can, you know, but I found a way to write and get paid for it. And I owe a lot of that to MASH. There was a time also when I briefly went into public relations and I hated that. I hated spinning. Uh, that kind of goes against a lot of what MASH was trying to say about the truth of the war and so forth. And uh, being honest, I had a breakdown and I hated the job, wanted to go back to writing. And I was watching the episode, Bless You, Hawkeye. And I finally decided to uh, seek professional help with a psychiatrist and a psychologist, and it has helped me. And, and that process and this show helps me gain empathy for the plight of others. Uh, my personal politics began to shift from conservative to, let's say, more progressive. And uh, I think it's changed the way I view the world. And again, I owe that a lot of that to MASH. These days, I am dealing with a debilitating neurological disorder uh, that has upended my life. I had to stop working. Among other things, I get constant migraine headaches. I can't breathe or sleep. And I watch the show, and I listen to your podcast when I can uh, because that helps. And to coin a phrase, it's best care anywhere. Uh, so I wanted to tell you what you're doing is important. Please keep it up. It means a lot to a lot of us who, uh, in my case, I can't get out of the house very much. And so I thank you. Uh, also, in parting, I just want to say I love dreams, and I love the later episodes. I'm a big fan of those, and I'm an unapologetic defender of those episodes. Thank you all so much, Jeff. You've cracked me up for years. Your eyes were very expressive. And again, I just want to tell you what you do matters, and I thank you all very, very much. Goodbye. Oh, my, my, my. Oh, my, my. <laughs> Jake, thank you. Thank you for that. Wow. Again, we're back to this incredible impact it has on me listening to, to Jake's story mm -hmm. and uh, to Jess's story. My goodness gracious. You know, we've talked about this a million times. You were a fan growing up. I watched the show and I worked there. And again, I have to go back and say it was a job to me. I was there to earn a living and to support myself and have fun and do all that kind of stuff we do as a career. And so at the time, there was never a, a tiny place in my brain that I thought I would ever hear these kinds of stories and be moved so, so emotionally by them. So I thank everybody who says all these things. I hope I'm not dismissive of any of this because I'm saying, oh, well, I worked there, so it wasn't a big deal to me. The show was a big deal to me. It's just not quite on the same level as, as a fan level. But I again, I go back and thank everybody who has these experiences and is willing to step up to the plate and sort of reveal them and let us in on them because it's it's really moving. Uh, I, I can't tell you how, <laughs> you know, what you've gone through, Jake, is is amazing. Uh, and I hope you're getting by and I hope you're doing okay. Certainly, I do that. But I listening to the fact that MASH, uh, a television show, number one, inspired you to be a writer and then you actually did it. 
you know, MASH has inspired women and men to become nurses and doctors. Unfortunately, nobody's let us know that they were an inspired food server, but <laughs> eh, you never know. It might be coming. It might be coming. <laughs> but, uh, you know, thank you so much for saying this. I Again, I hope you're okay. I hope you do well and keep writing. It'll probably help. And I hope those uh, headaches go away and whatever neurological issues, you know, you can get past that. Yeah. But thanks for listening to the MASH Matters. Hey, Ryan and I uh, uh, will be here as long as we can, won't we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep doing this. Keep listening. And I hope you hope you enjoy what we do. Um, we do it because we love the show uh, in different ways, but we love it and hope that uh, comes through. And we appreciate you loving it and loving the podcast too. Thank you, Jake. And I want to give credit where credit is due too. You said, Jake, that the uh, title of our podcast, MASH Matters, is the perfect title. And that is the brainchild of Mr. Jeff Maxwell. He came up with that. Who? He's also a diva. Really? He demands dressing rooms and air conditioning, and he has to have his hard-boiled egg boiled just right. Otherwise, he throws it against the wall. He's really irritating sometimes. It's a very difficult guy. MASH does matter. It continues to matter. And that is evident in all of the questions and comments and voicemails that you share and keep them coming. You can get in touch with us through our website, mashmatters.com. You can email us, mashmatterspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review and even write a review. We need to read some of those coming up in a future episode as well. And you can also call and leave a voicemail. Uh, just keep that voicemail on under three minutes, 513-436-4077. Or you can do like our friends down under did and send us a voice memo through our email. Or again, you can just come over the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A good start for year number three of MASH Matters. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Until next time, here's looking up your old address. Today, I am talking to my doctor. Today, I'm talking to my friend. Depression, anxiety, and thoughts of suicide are serious. Talking to someone helps. Make today be that day. Speak up and save a life. Visit save.org to learn more. That's save.org.